If you have your Bibles this morning, turn to Joshua chapter 6. We're going to start reading in verse 1. Joshua chapter 6. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out, and none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And you shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go round about the city once. Thus shalt thou do six days. And seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of ram's horns. And the seventh day you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up every man straight before him. I titled the message this morning, On the Warpath. You know, we've... We had a good service last Sunday morning, and uh, I don't know about y'all, but most of us have probably felt under attack this week. Now, I'm going to share a little bit of what happened to me this week, and I'm sure most of you will be able to identify with it. But Monday night, I was watching some preaching on TV, and and the pastor was talking about fasting, and, and I've been seeking God's direction for this church. And I decided that Tuesday morning I was going to fast. And I was going to spend some time uh, just putting myself aside and, and listening to God for a while. So I got up uh, Tuesday morning and I've been trying to get in the habit of going and working out in the mornings and getting on the treadmill some. And So I was up pretty early and I was on the way to work and as I was going to work, I got to the airport there between Kennard and Crockett and and the driver's side front tire just edged off the road just a little bit. Now, I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't driving crazy, doing anything foolish. <clears throat> but there's a nice little drop-off right there and the ground is nice and soft on both sides of the highway. So when that happened, my car turned sideways and I slid several hundred feet down the highway, sideways. If at first I thought, well, maybe it wasn't as far as I thought because sometimes when you're in that kind of situation, things seem to last forever. But I went back and looked, and no, I slid a pretty good ways down the road sideways. <clears throat> so after that, my car turned around backwards and went off into the ditch, and I turned around again, pointing back toward Crockett, and stopped. Now, I want you all to hear the blessings that were with me this day. Number one, when I went off the edge of the road and turned sideways, the thing could have flipped. It didn't. Number two, when I went off the road backwards, if I would have went another ten feet, I would have hit a large embankment and it would have messed my car up pretty bad. Number three... I had a gash about that long in the side of, back of my back tire. But I was still able to pull out of this mud that 
was about this deep and not get stuck and get up to a place where I could get my tire changed. Now, God was with me, but what I want you all to hear is that Satan was trying to attack me. Satan, Satan knew that, that I was about to take another step in this war that we've brought on. Now, I've heard from several of y'all this week, and Satan has been on the attack. Now, <clears throat> there's many of y'all that were here last week, and you heard this message that was preached, and, and it meant something to you. And because you have tried to apply those things in your life, because, because it kind of got in your spirit, and you're wanting to see some things happen, Satan is coming against you. You know, there's... Anytime something like that happens, anytime you make a, a move in trying to see God's will accomplished in your life, Satan's going to take notice. And when you see him start to fight and start to, to attack you, you know you're doing something right. Because if you wasn't disturbing him, if you weren't bothering him in some way, he would just leave you be. Now, this scripture we just read, before they went in to attack Jericho, God told them, He said, I want you to do all these different things. And the last thing he said, he said, the, the horns are going to blow. And I want you to shout. And the walls are going to fall. Now, now that's a war cry. Those people begin to shout. And do you think when the walls fell, they quit shouting? No, I guarantee you they ran up in that city shouting and, and hollering and screaming. They, they let those people know that something was coming. Amen. Now, that, this war cry... I talked to my sister the other day and, and she said that she had had some sort of vision that God had showed her that the war cry has went out. Now, let's talk about this war cry for a minute. Y'all just kind of bear with me today. There's, there's a word that's coming. I want y'all to hear this. This war cry. You know, when people would go into battle... Back in the old days, they would they would all line up. They would get in this formation and they would just march head on fighting each other. But you know, they wouldn't just walk the whole way. There'd come a point where their 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 generals or their leaders would would tell them, "Okay, it's time to go. It's time to fight." And they would all in unison let out this war cry. And that put the enemy on notice. That let them know that, that they are about to come and attack. Now there is good and bad about this war cry. The first thing is it lets the enemy know you're coming. The good thing is they know you're coming. And, and that can cause intimidation on their side. Because they know there is, a, there is a fight that is about to come their way. The bad thing is... The enemy now knows you're coming. As you look at these people in Jericho, they knew the Israelites were coming. What did they do? They fortified. 
They closed all the gates. They, they probably put big timbers across them so that they couldn't be easily opened. They had everybody inside. I guarantee you there was people all around those walls ready to, to shoot arrows or throw down rocks or whatever it is they needed to do. They, they were ready to fight. But, like I said, there's two sides of that war cry. It has several purposes. You know that that war cry when when these soldiers would begin to shout and holler and everything. They a lot of times they had little slogans and they would put those on their standards. And we've talked about standards before. A standard is a is a flag. It's something that people could, for no matter how far away they were fighting, they could look and see where the standard was. And they would put these slogans on their on their standard. And that was what they would shout and holler. They would, they would holler out these things as they were going into battle. And what that did is it would unify the people. They would have, they would have a consistent group of people that, that were ready to fight. They had the same purpose as they were going in. If, if you're hollering and shouting something with a group of people, you have the same purpose that they have. So when that war cry would go forth, these people would unify. They would, they would all run at the same time and, and they would present this unified front to their enemy. And it's devastating. But you know, if people are not unified, if, if they get to the point where they think, well, I'm just gonna go over here on the side and attack by myself. And then you got somebody else that says, well, I don't really want to go that direction. I'm going to come over here and fight. The enemy starts to see those holes of weakness. They start to see in points that they can put a wedge in and attack and divide. There's nothing worse than to see one army that is divided. One group of soldiers that's divided. When you, when you lose contact with your fellow soldiers... It's a terrible thing. You get afraid. You know, there's no saying that says there's strength in numbers. The Word even tells us that where two or three are gathered together in My name, there I am in the midst of them. That means that if you're trying to fight these battles on your own, you might need to back up a little bit. You might need to wait on God a little bit. You know, there's a lot of people here today that might ask, when is this stuff going to happen? We've been waiting for a while. Let's go ahead and go do it. But you know, God has showed me, and I've been praying about this too, guys. I'm, I'm just as ready as you are, trust me. But I haven't had release in my spirit to just go do something yet. But God showed me that the reason this is is because He's building an army. There's still people that we need that aren't here yet. There's still parts of our team that are not in the place they need to be. And I got to thinking about teams. And I, I, I thought about a baseball team. You know, they, they'll go and recruit people. And you know, those professional baseball players, 
have been playing baseball a long time. They're good at it. Most of them you can probably take and put in any position and they can play pretty good. But there's always one position that they excel at. One that they are way better than all the others. And when they go and recruit people, they try to pick people for certain positions. And that's exactly what God does. God will put people in a place that He knows their talents can be most effectively used. The Word tells us, and I believe Brother Jack read this in Sunday school today, that there's some that are teachers, some that are preachers, some that are many different things. There's many different positions. This war cry also provides a form of motivation. Now, I don't know how many of y'all can understand what I'm talking about. But when I was in the army, the army is real big on trying to motivate you. Because in many ways, just like our Christian life, we are naturally lazy. Most of us are. Most of us don't have this natural drive to just want to get out there and just get after it. But the army is all about motivating you to do something. And the way they do that a lot of times... I remember standing in a sand pit one day and we had our rifles and had the bayonets on the end and they were teaching us how to use those bayonets. And and what we would have to do is they would holler out a, a move for us to execute and we would have to holler it back to them and we would have to give out this war cry. And they, they would tell us, show me your war face. And you would have to just go, ah! And, and just get all motivated and, and pumped up and fired up about doing it. And you know, that just goes against my very core, my very nature. My, my way of thinking is just to stand there and say, man, why do I want to look like an idiot doing this kind of stuff, you know? I don't know, it just seems beneath me. But you... You start doing it because you have to. And before long, guess what? You're motivated. You're kind of pumped up and you're kind of fired up. You're ready to go kill something because you got a knife on the end of a gun. Why not? That's what it's there for. You're ready to just slash and hit something with this knife. My point is, the war cry has went out, people. The time to fight is near. Satan knows we're coming. Satan has been attacking you and trying to tear you down. He's trying to, to tell you that the adversary is greater than you. But the, the Word tells me something different. The Word tells me that the one that's in you is greater than the one that's in this world. It tells me that no matter how insurmountable the odds may seem, there's nothing through Him that's impossible. Now I want you all to look at those people in Jericho again. God gave them some directions. He told them, 
how many times to walk around this place. He told them uh, to be quiet the first six times. He told them on the seventh time to do things a certain way. And what did these people do? You know, I, I bet the first time these people walked around, they all wanted to holler and shout. They were ready to attack right then. But what did they do? They were obedient to what God told them to do because they had already been in a few fights. And they already knew that when they were obedient to God, when they would line themselves up with what God had already directed them to do, that they would come out victorious. No matter how big and tall those walls seemed, no matter how many people on the other side was already hollering at them, telling them to go home, they stayed quiet because they knew that's what God told them to do. Obedience is number one. Let me tell you. I don't care how bad you're ready to fight. God has not said, go fight yet. The time has not quite come, but it will. The war cries already went out. We've already put them on notice to let them know we're on our way. But just keep hanging on. Just stay right there. You know, Satan has laid claim to this world. And you know, in a way, he has a right to it. Or, let me correct that, he had a right to it. Adam turned everything over to Satan. It was his, and he gave it up when he chose to sin. But Jesus came, and He died on that cross, and He paid a price, not only for each of us, but He paid a price for this world. And it has been purchased. Now I want to give you all an illustration. How many of you all have ever went into a store, and they would have, on the shelf, they would have a product, and then there's a little envelope in front of it that has tags in it. And you look around, and... The thing you want to buy is not in a box anywhere. There's just other stuff that has tags in front of it. So what you have to do is take one of them tags and then go up to the cashier and pay for it. And then usually you've got to take the receipt or something or they'll call somebody on the phone and get them to bring it around or you have to go around back and pick it up. Well, I want you all to... Think about this in terms of what Jesus did. Jesus came and He paid a price. He paid for us in this world. If you went into the store and you went up to the checkout and you handed her the tag and paid for that thing and then you went and got in your car, you didn't claim what was rightfully yours. You paid for it but you never redeemed the receipt. Jesus has paid for it. Satan laid claim to this place. He, he thinks it's His and He's willing to fight for it, but Jesus has already paid for it. It's up to us to redeem that payment. It's us to, up to us to reclaim what God has already purchased. Romans chapter 8 and verse 31 says, 
If God be for us, who can be against us? God is on our side, people. It doesn't matter who or what our adversary is, because God is on our side. When you've got God on your side, when you've got the Almighty Jehovah on your side, when you've got the One that that created everything on your side, Satan was created. He didn't exist before God. God created him. When you've got the One that built and made everything just by speaking the words on your side... You don't have to be afraid of anything else. Let me tell you, when I was spinning around in that car Tuesday, the first words out of my mouth when I stopped was, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, not only that I'm safe and alive and well, but my car is in perfect condition. There's nothing wrong with it. I had to replace a tire and that's it. $100 and I'm done. I could have been having the entire thing repaired or worse. And I just said, thank you, Lord. I just began to praise Him. Because (laughs) Satan tried to take something away, but but my God preserved me. He he led me in the paths of righteousness for His his name's sake, just as the Word tells us. He, He kept me out of harm's way. When Satan wanted to do nothing but inflict harm on me. Now, if God can take somebody in an out-of-control situation like that and use it for His glory and, and still bring you safely out of it because I wasn't out of control. He guided me every way. Like I said, if you see where I went off the road, if I could have been just a few feet either way, I'd have either went off down to a deeper place or I'd have hit an embankment. But it just glided up and slid right back down. Because God ordered my steps. Because I was about my Father's business. When you realize that God has His hands even on uncontrollable situations, and you know God is on your side, you don't have to worry about what Satan is telling you. Satan is going to tell you that the enemy is strong. Now let me tell you, the enemy is strong. But He's not stronger than my God. He's not stronger than what is in me. What is in me is is the eternal God. The One that has no beginning and no end. The Alpha and Omega, just as the Word tells us. The first and the last. When everything else has passed away, He will still remain. That's who's on our side. I want you to get that in your spirit this morning. I want you to understand that when you go out this week and something is attacking you, you can rise up and you can tell Satan, Satan, get thee behind me. Because the thing that is in me is stronger than you. You don't have any claim to me. You don't have any claim to this place. You're lying to me. 
You're a liar, you're a deceiver, you're a backbiter. And I, I just command you right now in the name of Jesus to leave me alone. When you can rise up with words like that and you begin to holler at Him in His face a little bit because He's in your ear telling you that you don't belong, telling you that you have no place, you tell Him that I am a child of God, I'm a child of the eternal great I Am, and you have no power over me. I have been bought with a price. That price is something that you couldn't pay. Something that you wouldn't have paid. Something that you never even desired. You want to just steal, kill, and destroy. But I have been paid for. I belong to somebody that is greater than you. Amen. My word tells me that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Oh, you may think that you're nothing. You may think you're not important to God, but let me tell you, when He paid that price for you, He didn't just save your soul. He brought you to a place you didn't deserve to be. He put you in a place that you had no right to. He gave you an inheritance. He just blessed you with it because He can. Because that's how great my God is. Let me tell you something, people. If you ain't ready to fight, you need to get ready. Because if you're going to serve my God, there's going to be a fight. Satan's going to try to tell you stuff. He's going to try to hold you down. But it's your choice. Do you want to fight or do you want to beat down? One of the two. Now, it's up to you. You have to decide that. I can't make you do it. I can't tell you anything that's going to change your mind other than what God has led me to say. But you know the reason why Satan tells you these things. The Word calls him the accuser of the brethren. He's going to remind you of things you've done wrong. But you know why he does that. He doesn't do that to you when you're in sin. He's going to tell y'all, it's okay. You're all right. He's going to be your best friend. But you know why he tells you those lies? Why he tells you that you're worth nothing? Why he tells you that you don't have power over anything? Why he tells you that you're not strong enough to fight? He tells you that because he's scared. Because he knows what the Word says, people. He knows... But let me tell you, I've read the end of the book. Amen. <laughs> I've read the back of the book. And I know the Word tells us that we win. I know the Word tells me that there's coming a victory. Before that victory comes a fight. And do you want victory? Or do you want to be beat down? I'm tired of being beat down. I've been beat down a lot of my life. But it's my own doing. I've allowed Satan to do it. It's not because he had a claim to me. It's not because he had power over me other than what I gave him. I want to tell you today that you don't have to live like that anymore. You don't have to live in fear because God is on your side. Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17, and I'm getting ready to close. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. 
and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Did you hear that? He said, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, that no weapon formed against you will prosper. Now, I'm not telling y'all to go get in a fight with somebody and ask them to shoot you in the head. Paul tells us over, uh, I believe it's in the book of Ephesians, that our battle is not a natural battle. It's, it's spiritual warfare. The Word said, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That don't mean that, that Satan is not going to put the gun in your face. But it's not going to be of any benefit to him. As long as you continue to stand strong, you continue to walk in the Spirit. Now let me tell you all something. Satan ain't going, to talk, ain't going to fight you when you're not walking in the Spirit. So some of y'all may be looking at me today saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Satan ain't fighting me. That's because you're not walking in the Spirit. When you begin to walk in the Spirit, you just entered His realm. You just entered a place that He's not willing to give up. There's people in this community He's not willing to give up. He has them. They're His by their choice. He's not willing to give them up. But no weapon that He forms against us shall prosper according to that Word. That tells me that we can boldly go to the throne of grace and see, and seek guidance from our Master and Savior Jesus Christ. Seek the presence of God to be on our side. We can boldly go forth and proclaim His Word to people. We can boldly go forth. You hear me? Boldly. I'm not ashamed of who I am in Christ. I stand up with boldness and tell them, Satan, get thee behind me. This is not your people. They have been paid for with a price. Boldness. You can't go into fight being into a fight being timid. If if you go timidly into a fight, you're going to be beaten because you don't know who's on your side. Amen. When you know that the Creator of the universe, the one that that does things I don't even understand in space. Things that are beyond my comprehension. I can't even begin to imagine what all that means. The one that just speaks the Word and that stuff happens is on my side. I can go boldly into a fight. Now this isn't... This isn't exactly the kind of message you hear on TBN most of the time. There is a lot of preachers today that don't want to talk about anything but peace and love. And let me tell you, there's a place for that. There's a place and a time to fight. The Word tells us that there is a time for everything. There's a time to be born. There's a time for this and that. I can't remember everything that the Scripture says, but there's a time for everything is what it's telling us. There's a time coming to fight. Now, when armies are assembled, they don't just go pick people off the street and hand them a weapon and say, here. They spend some time preparing people. They spend some time training them. 
Do you think soldiers go to basic training just to get them their uniforms issued? No. They go because there are some basic things you need to know in order to go about fighting effectively. So don't be impatient because that's what God is doing right now. He is raising up an army. It takes time, people. So be patient. But that doesn't mean be lazy. That means be actively watching, waiting, preparing for the time to come that God's going to use us. When, when the time comes, when He says go, we don't have time then to start doing Bible studies and, and trying to teach people. No, it's time to move then. So we've got to be ready. Y'all stand with me.